Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Our system of picking a president is a disaster. If you are not today as a Minnesotan or a Western Wisconsin resident sitting there thinking, what happened? It's over? We're done? We didn't even vote. We have barely had anybody as a country officially weigh in and it's over. It's Jason. Welcome to Drive Time. I assert this is the dumbest campaign in my lifetime. And my struggle over the last 24 hours after Ron DeSantis stepped out, and to be clear, I don't care that Ron DeSantis stepped out. I don't. He was a terrible candidate who ran sort of a goofy campaign, which was surprising because I certainly thought if there were no Trump, this was DeSantis's race to lose. But nobody's voted. Iowa, I mean, yeah, a couple Iowans caucused. I wouldn't even really consider the Iowa caucus Iowans weighing in. And here we stand on the eve of the New Hampshire primary, and this thing's pretty much over. This is not how anybody should want democracy to work. So what do we do about it? Are you as frustrated as I am? 651-461-9226. Is this a quirk of the fact that essentially you have two incumbents running for president? You really do. Joe Biden, the actual incumbent. Donald Trump, whose supporters have been acting like he had this stolen from him. And so he is still the rightful president which is crazy. Is this a quirk of two presidents or is there something else going on? Is this the breakdown of our state-by-state, very long, drawn-out system of selecting presidential candidates? And is this just how it's going to be? 651-461-9226. That's really the question I've been struggling with. Is this a quirk of these two? And obviously, you know, historically in my lifetime, there have been a couple times where there have been challenges to an incumbent president. Ted Kennedy ran against Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was the incumbent. And Ted Kennedy won a couple of primaries. That was back in a more quaint time when we used to vote. We would have actual elections instead of just public opinion polls, and then everybody would drop out. And then Pat Buchanan. Remember when Pat Buchanan ran against George Herbert Walker Bush on the Republican side? And Pat Buchanan, actually, uh, I don't think he won any of the primaries or caucuses, but he peeled off a fair number of delegates against George Bush, the senior. So we have had times where the incumbent president has been challenged. 
But this is really not so much about what we're seeing on the Democratic side of of the ledger here. This is really a Republican phenomenon where a heavyweight candidate comes in and clears the field. I mean, Super Tuesday is a month and a half away. Minnesota started early voting, which on Friday I was claiming was too early. But maybe early voting should start three months before the election because it seems like we're not even going to get a voice. 651-461-9226. Love to hear if you think this is, well, there are two questions for you. One, is this a quirk? Will things go back to normal in 2028? Two, who do we blame? Whose fault is this? Because I've been struggling with that, too. When I shared my thought, Dan, that Mm. this is a disaster. This is a disaster. No matter what your politics are, no matter who you were choosing for, the fact that the primary process is over before it really started sucks. It's not good. No, it's not good for anybody. And, you know, you hear all the time when just anecdotally when you're talking to people, nobody wants Trump Biden part two. Nobody wants it. And yet the people that show up to vote, the people that, you know, talk to pollsters, all want one of the two. Yes. So we sort of left in this weird spot. I want to find like if that were the conclusion to the voting process, let us vote, you know, give us options. Right. And I don't blame Ron DeSantis. Like if you're Ron DeSantis and you're looking, well, I blame him for for a crappy campaign, terrible campaign, but I don't blame him for dropping out. Right. If you're looking who to blame. Yeah. And ethically, is it moral to ask your supporters to volunteer for what you know is an absolute losing cause? Well, and and at the end of the day, you know, you're looking for who to point a finger at. Part of it is the system that we've set up where, you know, money runs the show. And the reason that you have people dropping out is not I mean, you look at the number of people that showed up to caucus in Iowa. It was tiny. And yet Iowa completely reshaped the race to the point where you know, DeSantis was trying his best to spin it, that they punched their ticket out of Iowa, which was never a stated goal. But that was going to be the big headline he wanted to put up. And his donors said, no, sorry, we're going to go with Trump. Right. So the, the, the fact that it takes so much money to run for president, to run a feasible campaign for president, means that it's who's controlling the money that decides who's going to go, not really any votes. Six five one four six one nine two two six. You know, I, I've been thinking about the money impact on this, and that again, the Trump scenario. Like, I don't know if huge, huge money is lined up behind Trump, and I don't know if the money matters for Trump because he's just such a a, a giant in terms of people's loyalty. I mean, when I was talking about this with my wife, she said it's really like two incumbent presidents are running. And I think that uh, that resonated with me. So so part of me is optimistic. And I think, well, this is just a quirk in 2028. We'll go back to the way things used to be. And then part of me is very pessimistic where I think this idea that you have to have a big name or you have to have a ton of money or like. If we're done by Iowa and New Hampshire, like it's time to get rid of the farce of having kind of staggered election days and just go to one day, have a primary on the same day. It'll all be national. They won't really come visit the states. They can just 
buy national TV ads and do interviews with their side. It's just such a change. And maybe it is just changing. That's what I want your input on. It's 651-461-9226. Jason says one texter. This is a result of our political system having stopped working decades ago. Each election, whether it's presidential or for can, uh, Congress, is an absolute waste of everyone's time because neither party gets anything done. This has become a popularity contest based on individuals. Uh, I think president, presidential elections have always been a popularity contest to a certain degree. The debate has been more about issues. And this is really about people. You hate Biden or you hate Trump. Some people love Trump. There aren't a ton of people who love Biden. Is that accurate? That's sort of my assessment of the mood of people. I mean, I think approval there, ratings are to be believed, yeah. I think there are people who love the Biden administration. So the stuff the Biden camp has gotten done. Uh, some people love that. Some people don't. But it's uh, I, I'm just worried for the future. And as as Minnesotans or Wisconsin residents, as you look at our role in this, you want to have a voice, right? You want to have a voice. That's the thing that most upsets me about all of this, that I feel like. We're getting robbed of our chance to weigh in. Let's talk to Mark in Minnetonka. He's on the CCO Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Hey, Mark, do you, do you think this is more a quirk of these two, or is this a, a shift in how things are, are going to be? It's probably a little quirk, but I, I think that the, the whole system is crazy. I think it should just be on one day. You know, like whoever gets to vote first, they pick up momentum and then people change their votes because they, they get swayed. And I think if you had it all on one day and everyone picked who they wanted to, they, you know, they, they'd vote for who they want. Yeah. It doesn't change and people don't drop out and people might not drop out. There's enough technology where you can, everyone can see what policy everyone's running on and you don't need to have six months of, the same old thing. It drives you crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, Mark. I think the, the, the reality is that social media, national cable news, it's just changed the way these elections are done in such a significant manner that, that perhaps we need to think about like whether having this quirky sort of state-by-state state approach serves anyone well. I would say this time it sure didn't because we, we didn't even get to vote. Right. Too many people drop out before they get a chance to see everyone. Stupid. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Rob in Minneapolis. Rob, you're at 651-461-9226. What do you have to say? Hey, Jason. So I just found out recently about France's election, and I think we should do it. You're given four weeks to campaign. You cannot campaign anymore. You're also given the money by the government for your campaign. You cannot take any Mm, private dollars. No outside money, yeah. Four weeks and you're done. It's not years. You're not spending a billion dollars, and that's the problem. Yeah. Who has a billion dollars to run for an office or $500 million to run for office? Yeah, yeah, I like That's the problem. I, I agree. I think our system is so long, and I, I, I really, you know, I've struggled with, okay, how do you fix it? How do you change it? And maybe that's the way. 
You take some. Yeah, you, limit you, it. You limit it. You take the money out and just get it done. Thanks, Rob. And now it becomes you get to hear from the person and not from big mm. interest or anybody else yeah. or whatever it All is. The you packs. Hear from the actual person. And for four weeks, we can focus on it. Not for four years. I mean, God, oh, yeah. I just remember four years ago, we just stopped this, and I don't think yes. the elections have ever stopped. I, I agree. Four, four weeks Thank would be you. like a vacation. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Let's break. Pete, stay on the line. Lots of texts coming in here at 651-461-9226. Disaster. Disaster of a primary election. There's got to be a better way. Maybe you've got it. Let's talk about it next on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. A lot of you concerned about money in politics? One texter to 651-461-9226 saying after the Supreme Court decisions on Citizens United, the money involved in politics will only get worse. My other thought, besides Rob, who called in and suggested a shorter campaign cycle, how much would this process be better if we never had the results of a single poll prior to the election. If we as voters and the media as reporters didn't have any polls and you just had to cover people's ideas, people's crowds at events, you didn't have the shorthand of telling everyone, well, DeSantis is cooked. Nikki Haley's cooked. Nobody's got a shot against Trump. Does it become sort of self-fulfilling when so much of the reporting is about poll information? It wasn't always this way. It wasn't. And I do think that's worth thinking about. I don't know. I'm not one to suppress information, so I don't know how you do that. It sounds like you're just saying we should make all pollsters illegal and be shot on sight is kind of what I'm hearing. I mean, I don't think they should be shot. It sounds that way. You know. Uh, I, I mean, I... I don't you, know practically how you get rid of it, but I, I, but I do think, if you think, would this process be better? Sure, DeSantis wouldn't have dropped out. The narrative wouldn't be it's over. Nikki Haley has some momentum going into New Hampshire. We'll see how she does tomorrow. But instead of it feeling like, well... It's over. Everybody's lining up behind Trump. You might feel like, oh, we still now the end result might still be Trump wins. Right. right. Like I'm right. not a, I'm not arguing in this discussion against the result. Right. I'm arguing against the fact that we didn't get to vote. Yeah. The process is terrible. You're going to what's a, a scenario. I, should, I won't even call it likely. A scenario is Trump beats Haley fairly solidly tomorrow. Yep. Uh, and she drops out of the race after New Hampshire. And that means after one caucus and one primary, the race is over. That can't possibly be the best way to select a presidential candidate. But those them dropping out of the race isn't so much about polling. It could be influenced by polling. But the reason that they're going to drop out of the race, the reason that DeSantis dropped out of the race was because his donors all turned on him. And the reason that 
Haley will drop out of the race after New Hampshire's because her donors will abandon her. Right. And without the money, you can't run. You can't do it. And that's so it all, however you want to parse it, it all kind of comes back to the fact that it takes an insane amount of money to run for president. And that's not serving any of us well. Dan Cook laying it down. Just saying. And so what do you do about it? I don't know. We have decided that the ability to spend money is equivalent to a form of speech. The Supreme Court has decided that. And it sort of is. It sort of is. So what ends up becoming necessary then is a constitutional amendment saying this is how we're going to run presidential elections from here on out. If you want to use Rob's idea, whatever it is, four weeks, six weeks, money is limited to this coming either from the government or whatever. But this is because there's no other way around yeah. Citizens United at this point unless you know you challenge it again somewhere down the line in a court that's completely remade because this court won't ever overturn that. So you're talking now you're talking 30, 40 years down the line before you'd even have a sniff of doing that. One texter says rank choice or instant run out runoff voting might be an option. You know, there are there are arguments to be had on that. I my gut on that is it's generally speaking too complicated for a national election. Uh, we've seen some good results in local elections where it sort of tamps down on nasty campaigning because you want to be your opponent's supporter's second choice or third choice. So if you're a jerkwad on the campaign trail, uh, I'm open to it, I guess. Uh, I'm not super high on it for a presidential race, but maybe it does keep people in it longer. It's hard for me to see a scenario where anybody goes, uh, any future campaign goes too far down the road. That this same problem that Dan points out, that the money gets behind the winner, it's not really a, it's not really about policy. It's really about like who has the best chance, which that's what an election is. But we don't even get a chance to have like an exchange of ideas. Uh, let's quickly go to Pete in Northeast Minneapolis on the city's one uh, or on the WCCO talking text line. Pete, thanks for for hanging on. What do you have to say? Jason, you are my least favorite programmer mm. on this radio that has been on our mm-hmm. radio for for God seventy yeah. eighty years. What's what's the However, what's the problem? Why am what, why am I the least favorite? Like that's a strange starter, Pete. So go ahead. Why am I your least favorite? Let me say this: ranked choice voting yeah. is so BS. Oh my God, <laughs> that that it was drummed up in Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Oh God. Uh, anyway, my family's been conservative all of our lives. My family's been Northeast for seven generations. Mm. Okay, let me let me begin by saying, um, I love your radio station. Secondly, I don't even know why the hell I called you this morning, <laughs> except, except, yeah. that, except that I can't live without you guys, Yeah, for starters. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Pete, you know, Pete, Pete loves me. He hates me. He loves me. He hates me. I think he loves the station. He hates me. That's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah. I think there are some other things that Pete loves, it sounds like. 331. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. So fun. We'll take a break and talk to Andrew Zimmern in just a minute here on CCO. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.